0: This is the Greg Peterson Experience on v the Sports
2: Betting Network. It is our number two of the Greg Peterson Experience. As you can probably imagine, my name is Greg Peterson. So hopefully you guys are having a great time on this wonderful. If you're out here on the West Coast, still Friday. If you're out there on the East Coast, it is a college football Saturday. So once the Continental 48 states, all of them, are hitting Saturday we're gonna be diving into a lot of college football previews we're just gonna be taking a look at some of the marquee games and just some of the games are able to make you some money because as we know it doesn't matter whether you're betting on Dodgers versus Giants it doesn't matter if you're betting NBA it doesn't matter if you're betting on the Korean baseball organization whatever is able to make you money is able to make you money don't feel bad about betting on a little bit of a lesser sporting event just because it doesn't necessarily have the cachet of being able to cash a ticket on like the World Series or something like that because it's just all at the end of the day about being able to build a bankroll and that's what we're here to do and we're also here to take a look at a little bit of football. I know that some of you guys were asking me about the uh, Tyson Fury fight that we're going to be seeing on Saturday and I can tell you right now, I just do not know anything about boxing. I have this good old theory of I don't bet what I don't know, so... I am not in any sort of position to give you really much of anything on that, so I will just give you the courtesy of I won't give you anything just because I don't want to give any bad advice when it comes to that fight, so I will leave you at your own devices when it comes to handicapping that one, but I do know a little bit about football. I wound up growing up 45 minutes away from Lambeau Field. Always love to be able to take a look at the gridiron this time of year, and what we've been noticing really in the NFL this year is that We've been seeing the unders do absolutely magnificent. If you've been just taking the unders in general, you've been cashing a lot of tickets. 38 games have so far went under the total in the NFL. The under is hitting at a rate of 58.5%. So that is something that I've really been taking a look at. And if you've been betting against the spread, home teams have actually not been doing well. 28 and 37 going into what we're going to be seeing on Sunday. So I do think that that's intriguing. And one thing that I love that, DraftKings does is the fact that they give you the option of having props on so many of these things like guy to have the most rushing yards in a week, receiving yards, highest scoring team, lowest scoring team and I do think that the highest and lowest scoring teams are very fascinating because obviously when you take a look at teams that score the most points you want to be going up against a little bit of a lesser defense so it sort of combines two different elements. What team do you think is just going to go off? You probably don't want to be betting on save, we're going to call you out here the Chicago Bears with Justin Fields, at quarterback, because you've got a coaching staff that right now hasn't necessarily done the world's best job of being able to maneuver their way around things and being able to utilize him in the best of situations. Meanwhile, at the same time, you don't want to just be blindly betting on the Kansas City Chiefs every single week because you run into a defense like, say, the LA Rams, for example, or Even in this one that we're going to be seeing with the Kansas City Chiefs, it's going to be a massive marquee game this upcoming week against the Buffalo Bills. Maybe you want to be a little bit more cautious when they are going up against a better defense, which the Bills, they're certainly not a top defense, but at the same time, they're certainly more solid than some of the teams that they're going to be facing in future weeks. So that always makes things very intriguing, but when it comes to odds to be The top-scoring team out there in the NFL, the aforementioned Kansas City Chiefs, are there at the top of the board along the Dallas Cowboys. Both of these teams are at plus 650 at DraftKings. Meanwhile, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, are at plus 750, and then you wind up going down the list from there. The Minnesota Vikings are at 9-1. You've got a 10-1 on the Arizona Cardinals, who have really emerged with everything that we've seen out of Kyler Murray. The Bills are at 12-1. 13-1 is the Packers, and then you've got a bunch of teams and north of 14 to 1 from there. And I think that it is really intriguing to take a look at this matchup between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills because it is the highest total that we've got on the betting board right now. Anywhere between a 56 and a half and a 57. And if you like the Buffalo Bills to be able to win this game outright, I would say it might be worth taking a shot here on them at 12 to 1 to be the top scoring team because we have seen it with the Kansas City Chiefs. With the Kansas City Chiefs, this team is not stopping a nosebleed right now. I will say with the Buffalo Bills, with Greg Russo being able to provide a little bit of pass rush, I do think that it makes them a little bit more live in this spot and what i think is really intriguing when it comes to the spread itself in this game you wind up seeing the Kansas city chiefs open up in a lot of spots right around a four point favorite you're not seeing it anywhere between two and a half and three if you're getting a two and a half with Kansas city chiefs you're probably going to be laying more like minus 115 to minus 120 juice meanwhile if you're getting a plus three with the buffalo bills you You're probably laying, once again, right around a minus 115 to a minus 120, which I do think that there is value in laying the minus 115 to the minus 120 when it comes to critical numbers. I think that buying the hook is a little bit less worth it because typically when you wind up buying the hook or you wind up getting the hook taken off in the case of some of these bets, It is a case in which you're typically going to be paying more like a minus 130 rather than a minus 115 to a minus 120. So that is always a consideration as well. You always want to be shopping these numbers when you wind up having lines like Bills versus Chiefs, where if you like the three, you're able to get it. If you like the two and a half, there are plenty of offerings there as well. But when it comes to team to be able to score the most points, when it comes to this week in the NFL, week five, i do think that there is some value on the buffalo bills because i do think that there's a solid chance that they win this game outright we did wind up seeing the bills be pretty competitive against the Kansas city chiefs last year as well i think that josh allen has been able to take some great strides forward and part of the reason why i like the bills a little bit more than the chiefs is just because i like their defense a little bit more just because What have the Chiefs really been able to do on defense thus far? Even in their last game against the Philadelphia Eagles, you could tell that there were certainly some holes in the secondary. They just shouldn't have given up as much of Jalen Hurts and company as they did. So that is a little bit of a concern to me. The other team that is at the top of that board is the Dallas Cowboys. And when you take a look at the Dallas Cowboys, things are very much equipped for them to have success against the New York football Giants. Though I will say for the Giants, I trust in their defense a whole heck of a lot more than their offense. Danny Dimes just has not been great for this New York Giants team. And the Giants made the mistake of just utilizing a big giant pick on a running back a few years ago. I recognize that Saquon Barkley coming out of Penn State was very solid. But as we know, running backs break down very easily. It feels like being able to get a good running back is a little bit more of a dime it does process. Now, you can tell that to the San Francisco 49ers who have been very much having a tough time with the ground game in recent weeks, but I do feel like with running backs in general, drafting them very high has not necessarily worked out for a lot of these teams. It certainly has not for the New York giants, but getting back to the crux of this, I do think that the Dallas Cowboys do have one of the better offenses that we're going to find in the NFL, and they should get a lot of opportunities as well, because with the Cowboys, let's face it, defense has not necessarily been the world's greatest. Now they do wind up releasing Mr. Jalen Smith over the week as It was just very apparent that whenever he was out there, he wasn't as effective as guys like Micah Parsons and company. But I do take a look at the Cowboys. I do think that they've got a little bit of value here. But you also take a look at some of these other games as well. And I do think that betting against bad defenses might be worth a little bit of a look as well. Houston Texans are certainly one of them. But I mean, with the New England Patriots, I don't have any faith whatsoever in Mac Jones and company being able to put up much more than, say, like, 24 or so points so that's something that really gets ruled out but something that you do have to rule in is a team like the Philadelphia Eagles for example the Philadelphia Eagles are just a team that I don't like what they're doing on offense I don't like what they're doing on defense on defense the Atlanta Falcons fall into that fold as well but when you've got a rookie quarterback we just have seen all these rookie quarterbacks not have a good ride of it so that rule really rules that one out of the mix. And with the Miami Dolphins, if there is one thing that you're able to trust in with them, it is their defense. They've got a little bit of a rough offense. That's putting it very politely, especially with two dealing with injury. And you've got Jacoby Brissett taking snaps, things like this. But when you got this matchup between the Panthers and the Philadelphia Eagles, I do think that there might be a little bit of value here with the with the carolina panthers and they aren't even a team that they register on this board but i take a look at the way that we have seen a little bit of a renaissance of sorts of things when it comes to the carolina panthers and i'm very intrigued by it because sam darnold has really been utilizing his feet very well with the Carolina Panthers. Now, having Christian McCaffrey out of the fold certainly doesn't help the team out, but I do think that you could find a little bit of value here on the Carolina Panthers because when you take a look at the weapons that they surrounded... Sam Darnold with their very good. Robbie Anderson is someone that he wanted beginning his career with while he was over there with the New York Jets. I really think that Matt Rule in general just knows what the heck he's doing as a coach. I've been very impressed by him in his first couple years. And then you just take a look at the flip side with the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, they wound up playing against the Kansas City Chiefs last week. It is very understandable that you wind up getting torched against the Kansas City Chiefs. But at the same time, i just take a look at this defense. They paid a little bit too much for Fletcher Cox. They were very impressive in week one against the Atlanta Falcons. But the Atlanta Falcons, in my opinion, might be a bottom five team in the NFL when it's all said and done. You've got an aging Matt Ryan. You've got absolutely nothing at the running back spot. You've got a line that is not necessarily great at being able to hold up at the point of attack. So list goes on and on there. But... I do think that this is a Panthers team that we all all are sort of sleeping on a little bit. I think that this is an offense that has been able to do just absolute wonders with Sam Darnold in the fold. And it's one of these things as well when it comes to sports in general and especially with football. We label a lot of these guys bust because going into this year, I think that there are a fair amount of people who are just like, Hey, Sam Darnold, he wasn't worth the pick. Well, it wasn't necessarily Sam Darnold's fault that Adam Gaze is a total moron and has no idea what he's doing. There's a reason why he's currently coaching in Ypsilanti, Michigan, and I did a Google search and it does look like he's currently coaching in Ypsilanti, Michigan. Why? I have absolutely no idea, but that's where Adam Gaze is right now, but I mean, that's the reason why Sam Darnold wound up failing. The reason why I'm not necessarily bullish on Justin Fields right now with the Chicago Bears is not because I think that Justin Fields is a bad quarterback. I think that he's a great quarterback, but... When I mean, you take a look at Matt Nagy and all the folks over there in Chicago, they just have no idea how to coach. And that's a big thing when it comes down to it as well. So a lot of these players that they wind up getting a little bit of a fresh shirt, like we've seen with Sam Darnold, there is a lot of value with them and just naturally it's, human emotion. It's a human element that comes into things. When you wind up not necessarily having the best run of things with one organization, you want to do everything humanly possible to prove them wrong, and I feel like Sam Darnold has come out with a little bit of chip on his shoulder, so you've got a little bit of value, in my opinion, with the Carolina Panthers, and when it comes to teams that aren't going to be scoring, we're going to be taking a little bit more of a look at them next. Right here, I'm the Greg Peterson, experience on vSEN, the Bang Network. You're experiencing
0: Hoops Peterson himself on v the Sports Betting Network.
2: The NHL season is almost here and our hockey experts are hard at work getting ready for all the action. The v Hockey Betting Guide is now available with strategies and best bets for the season ahead. I know that Andy McNeil and company did an absolutely terrific job with this. I am not personally much of an NHL better I took a little bit of a look at it and I was just absolutely amazed get in-depth analysis from our hockey experts including Mr. McNeil with predictions for teams and players win totals daily betting tips as well as season-long trends to watch this guide is must-have with key insights and data for both avid hockey bettors and those who do the sport give yourself an edge this season and get your digital copy now for only $9.99 at vsun.com slash subscribe as We are back here on the Greg Peterson Experience, and I'm going to be doing one of those guys myself. I am hard at work on the college basketball betting guide. There are 358 D1 teams, so I've just been sort of taking the approach of between, I would say, about on most nights, midnight to 4 a.m. I just wind up writing up about a bunch of teams. Right now, we're in the middle of the swag, so we're hard at work on Jackson State Southern. I wound up doing Texas Southern yesterday, the NCAA representative. From the swag, from there, we're going to be going to the Summit League. As we know, world don't come. me Bob Roberts is in that conference. I think that South Dakota State has the inside track to be able to win that conference, but you can never count on the Bison of North Dakota State. You've got St. Thomas the Tommies who's going to be joining in that conference. Western Illinois, the Leathernecks are going to get trucked once again, giving up 90-plus points per game, and then we get the whack with our good friend Chicago State. One thing that we were robbed of during the 2020-2021 college basketball season was being able to bet against Chicago State. So we're going to have some fun with that. We're also going to have a lot of fun here in NFL Week 5 as I wound up running through in the last segment. Teams I think that are going to be able to bust out they're going to be able to have some good scoring performances this week. Now we've got to take a look at some teams that they might have a little bit of a rough go of. it. DraftKings does a great job they list out some props as to teams that you think are going to be scoring the most slash least points when it comes to everything. And this is only for Sunday. So this rules out the Monday night game, but here are the odds for our teams to score the fewest amount of points on Sunday. And what a shocker Davis Mills and company with the Houston Texans are right now the short shot at plus 380. You've got the Dolphins at plus 850 and then you've got a 10 to 1 on the Denver Broncos. 12 to 1 with the Bears and the Eagles 13 to 1 is the Pittsburgh Steelers. At 14 to 1, you've got the Lions. And then the team I'm looking at, we're going to be highlighting them. Washington football team at 15 to 1. When we think New Orleans Saints, we always think about a team that they've got Drew Brees. They've got a great running game. They've got this explosive offense. If you've noticed in recent years, the New Orleans Saints have been able to do an absolutely superb job of being able to put so many of their resources into their defense. This is a defense that has allowed 27 points or fewer into each out of their first four weeks of the season. Now, they had a little bit of a rough go of it against the New York Giants last week, but I do expect a little bit of a bounce back effort from this New Orleans Saints offense. And, well, when you take a look at the Washington football team and their offense, You don't have a lot going for it. Taylor Heineke is someone that wound up being able to burst onto the scene because he wound up having that nice postseason game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but really past that, not a lot to his name. I'm really not bullish on him. The running game has been able to emerge a little bit and McKissick has been able to do a nice job for Washington football team, but I do take a look at this New Orleans Saints team and I think that you've got an absolutely nasty front seven headlined by Cameron Jordan. He does an absolutely terrific job for them. Zach Bond is someone that, we do sleep on when it comes to some of the better linebackers in the NFL. And you just take a look at the secondary in general, Marshawn Lattimore, Malcolm Jenkins. These are guys I really like. I think that they're going to be able to do a solid job. The total of right around 43 and a is one of the lowest ones that we're seeing on the betting board. Now, the lowest one is at New England Patriots versus Houston Texans game. And you end up going with the Texans here. I don't think that you can go wrong in just about any week because you take a look at this Houston Texans team. You've got Davis Mills and... I was expecting a little bit more out of the running game. I mean, David Johnson, it seems as though was a one-hit wonder. I expect him to maybe be able to give you a little bit more moving forward. And with Mark Ingram, I thought that he was going to be a little bit better than this. I guess it's really tough when the team knows that you're going to try to establish a run. And they take that away, and then you become one-dimensional. And this is also a Houston Texans defense that they really can't stop a nosebleed. Good news is they're playing against a rookie quarterback, and rookie quarterbacks have not been covering the spread at all this year. But you just take a look at it, and it's a sad state of affairs for the Houston Texans. It's a sad state of affairs for our good buddies, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are dealing with the whole Urban Meyer ordeal, and all those videos that wound up getting leaked out. So you've got two teams out there in the AFC, which... Well, you probably don't want to be having much of a part with overs with them. You don't want to be having too much of a part with them when it comes to them scoring points because they might give up a lot of points to be able to catch those overs for you. They're probably not going to be scoring too many because, well, you take a look at it. With David Cully, I think that he's actually a halfway decent coach. I think that he's doing a good job with the Houston Texans. He just doesn't have the guns around him to be able to do much of anything whatsoever. So, I mean, it's just unfortunate for him to say the least because you were supposed to be having just a little bit more with this Houston Texans team in general. You're now stuck with just a revolving door at quarterback at this point. You've got, obviously, Deshaun Watson, who, if he winds up taking a snap this year, I will be surprised. Tyrod Taylor's on injured reserve. You're looking at a backfield in which, well, you actually got some guys, but you just aren't able to... Staying in games long enough to be able to establish a run, and when you do wind up establishing the run, the defense knows that it's coming. This is not a great offensive line, so and it's a little bit of a calamity, but if you're taking a look at teams a little bit further down the board, did not necessarily generate a lot of offense. I do take a look at things when it comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is just an offense that, in general, it has been very rocky. Now you have to go up against the Denver Broncos team that we saw it a few weeks ago. They wanted pitching a shot out against the New York Jets. Now, I certainly do think that the Steelers' offense is certainly superior to that of the Jets. You've got a seasoned veteran, Ben Roethlisberger, under center compared to Mr. Wilson over there for the Jets. But at the same time, Ben Roethlisberger is not the guy that he was, heck, three years ago, let alone like seven to eight years ago. And what I think is really big for the Pittsburgh Steelers is that they actually do have some skilled players for this team. Najee Harris. We saw what he was able to do at Alabama. This is a team that, on the outside, I recognize that Chase Claypool has been dealing with a little bit of an injury, but Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson, these guys are relatively solid. I know that they've got James Washington, who's most likely going to be missing this Sunday, but you've got guys that you're able to rely upon, but they wound up losing over half their starting offensive line from last year, so thus, you've got Ben Roethlisberger, who's got all sorts of pressure around him. And even when you take a look at the next generation stats, when it comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers, all the analytics, if Ben Roethlisberger does have time, he doesn't make good decisions. So... That's been a little bit of an issue, and you've got a defense that I think is actually going to do a relatively solid job against a Denver Broncos team that they're probably going to be looking to run quite a bit in this game, so you're going to have fewer possessions, and fewer possessions leads to fewer points, so I actually do think that there is some value here on the Pittsburgh Steelers to not get a lot generated against a Denver Broncos defense that I think that calling them a top three defense is actually not too outlandish at this point with what we've been able to see out of them. You had just a myriad of injuries when it came to the Denver Broncos last year. And as we know, under Mr. John Elway, this is not a team that has necessarily been able to find their footing on offense, but year in and year out, they're just consistently very competitive. They're consistently very feisty. Teddy Bridgewater, obviously a big giant question mark in this game. So even if he does wind up going, I think that you're going to see a little bit more emphasis on the run game. Melvin Gordon third is someone that's dealing with a little bit of an injury as well. So you've got a lot of banged up parts for the Denver Broncos. You've got a Pittsburgh Steelers team that they're just, when you wind up seeing the injury report with the San Antonios first, they always just wind up putting on guys that are like old. I feel like we could do that with just about everyone not named Najee Harris and not named Chase Claypool when it comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I think that you're going to get a low scoring slobber knock your year. You're finding a total right around 39 and a half in a lot of spots. That and the Houston, Texas versus the New England Patriots games are the lowest ones on the board. So I certainly do think that when it comes to lowest-scoring teams out there in the NFL for this week, you've got quite a bit of value when it comes to Washington football team. I think that you've got quite a bit of value here when it comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers as well. I won't be surprised if both of these teams look to establish a run when it comes to top rushers. That are going to be coming about when it comes to this week five in NFL. I think that it is going to be really interesting because I know that the Indianapolis Colts are a team that is looking to establish a run game as well. They've been a little bit of a revolving door when it comes to the quarterback spot as well because we remember Carson Wentz wound up getting hurt a few weeks ago. He's been able, by and large, be able to make starts, but he hasn't been able to finish a couple of these games, and as we know, Carson Wentz just off and on very injured. It's a very sad state of affairs there, but I think that they're going to be a team that winds up establishing the ground, so I do think that there might be a little bit of value on Jonathan Taylor to be your best rusher when it comes to Week 5 in the NFL, so got a lot of things going on and I mentioned it a little bit earlier as well just the amount of unders that we are seeing in the NFL as well it has been very stark because we remember first couple of weeks of the NFL season last year it was very much an overfest so far this year it's been a little bit more of an underfest as we've got 38 unders to 27 overs thus far this NFL season so certainly something that I'm going to be taking a look at it seems like the defenses have caught up a little bit and I think that the element of fans has really messed with the offenses as well because the sab count lines are getting thrown off a little bit more and you're able to go down the list of just the way that fan noise winds up affecting some of these teams in general. But something that should be affecting you and your life is the fact that college basketball is going to be coming back into our lives and it's going to be affecting it for the better. Coming up next... We're going to be taking a look at the American Athletic Conference, and I've got a short, sh- and I've got an underdog that I think is going to make some noise out there right here on v the
0: Peterson himself on v the sports betting network.
2: Make this football season your best sports betting season ever. Start your VEASAN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24-7 video streaming, daily best bets emails, betting splits with the money and ticket percentages on every game, plus full access to VEASAN.com data and analysis. You get everything VEASAN has to offer for only $22 a month, so sign up now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe, as it is is the Greg Peterson experience. I am Greg Peterson, and... As you guys know, Brent Musburger wound up giving me the nickname Hoops because I love college basketball, and you know it's just around the corner. It depends on if you're out west or if you're out east, but between 31 and 32 days away, college basketball season is back. So we kick off our college basketball previews by going in a little bit more alphabetical order. We're going to be going out of alphabetical order tomorrow because I'm going to be taking a look at the Missouri Valley Conference, but. We've got to take a look at the American Athletic Conference. We get these odds via our good friends over there at Bet Rivers. And right now, the short shot to win the American is Memphis. You've got Penny Hardaway's team at plus 125, the reigning NIT champions. Meanwhile, Houston, they're at plus 350. Wichita State is plus 450. Central Florida, a.k.a. UCF, they're plus 650. You've got Cincinnati at plus 750. Then you go down the board and you've got some longer shots. SMU is at 20 to 1. Forty to one is Tulane. Tulsa is also forty-one. South Florida is fifty to one. Temple's eighty to one. East Carolina is one hundred to one. There's one team on here that I vehemently disagree with. That'd be the SMU Mustangs. Not only do I think that this team is going to be number three in the conference, I think that this team, when it's all said and done, not only makes the NCAA tournament, I think that there's a possibility that we could see SMU in the top twenty-five. You take a look at Tim Jankovic and well, things have not necessarily went his way the last few years over there at SMU. But the reason why SMU's teams in recent years have been a little bit down, they haven't had a lack of depth. You know what SMU does now have? Depth. And they've also got a guy by the name of Kendrick Davis. He wanted up averaging 19 points Seven and a half assists per game. He's able to give you a couple steals. He's a 36% three-point shooter. This guy is one of the best guards, not just in this conference, not just in a conference outside the Power Five. He's one of the best guards in all of college basketball. He wanted to begin his career at TCU. He has been an absolute lightning rod while he's been at SMU. And now SMU has some guys coming in that are going to be able to help him out. Zach Natal, he was the self-loving player of the year while he was at Sam Houston State. Oh, by the way, SMU, the reason why they picked him up Wanted wound up dropping 30 on them last year when Sam Houston State wound up being able to play against SMU. This is a Sam Houston State team that also was able to get covers against teams like LSU. They wound up playing against quite a few good teams, and Zach Natal was able to pass a test in pretty much all of them aside from Texas Tech, and he still wound up having 14 points against a Texas Tech team that was coached by Chris Beard, one of the best defenses in all of college basketball. But with this smu team you also take a look at the weathers brothers marcus weathers michael weathers marcus was a standout when it comes to his work over there at duquesne a guy that's able to give you multiple locks per game and when you take a look at michael weathers he is a walking just matrix when it comes to being able to put up numbers right around 15 points they will give you five-plus rebounds per game. He was able to chip in there a couple times. This is a guy that's able to give you steals. If you need him to sell hot dogs at the hot dog scene during halftime, gosh darn it, this guy is going to do it. He is absolutely incredible. He led Texas Southern to the NCAA tournament where they were able to win that first four game against Mount St. Mary's. He's going to be able to come in. He's going to be rock solid for this team. You also bring in one of the biggest wild cards in all of college basketball, Tristan Clark. If you remember the name Tristan Clark during the 2018-19 season when he wound up going down with an injury against against, I believe it was Kansas, he was playing over there at Baylor. He was shooting right around 72% from the floor. He was in the top five in all of college basketball with that regard, and because he wound up going down for an injury, Baylor completely changed the way that they played. They wound up going a little bit more guard-oriented because Tristan Clark was such a dominant big man that you saw Scott Drew and company not want to change up their game plan because they knew that he was a guy that could be an absolute game-wrecker, and then that really laid the blueprint for what we wound up seeing with Baylor's national title run here in 2020 2021, that campaign. So I do think that he's going to come in and he's going to be rock solid. But then you take a look at those top two teams, Memphis and Houston. I've got the Ric Flair mentality. In order to be the champ, you've got to beat the champ. The champions of the American Athletic Conference Tournament, that would be Houston. Houston is a team that, under Calvin Sampson, they've got one of the best ways of being able to play in all of college basketball. I wound up talking about this conference with Mike O'Donnell. He does a terrific job as an ESPN and college basketball analyst. He was actually a former player over there at Central Florida. In my opinion, there's no one that's more dialed into the American, and he's taking a look at this defense. The reason why you always see Houston towards the top of all of college basketball when it comes to rebound rate. Guys just can't get into the paint in general. This is one of the best help defenses that you're going to find in all of college basketball. You don't necessarily have those guys that are right around like six six foot nine, six foot ten, that they're going to be blocking a bunch of shots. And as a matter of fact, Bryson Gresham, one of their best shot blockers, he won transferring to Texas Southern in the offseason. But what you do have with this Houston team is a team that they are going to be in a little bit of transition. Quentin Grimes along to Jean Giroux. They are now out of the fold for this team, but they've done a good job of being able to scour the transfer portal to be able to get in exactly what they need. They bring in Josh Carlton, someone who's six 6'11", 245 pounds. He was able to be a good shot blocker and a good rebounder in general. I was at UConn. I think that he's going to come in. He's going to be a seamless fit. Tyler Edwards actually was looking at going at Houston the first time around. He wound up playing at Texas Tech these last few years. A guy that I think is going to come in, give this team a double-digit amount of points per game. Not necessarily a great three-point shooter, but at the same time, he's good enough to be able to get the job done. And then you've got a guy that comes in from Cal State Bakersfield. His name is Taze Moore. Taze Moore is a guy that wound up shooting over 40% from three-point range. He's one of the more underrated defenders out there in college basketball. Played for a Cal State Bakersfield that out here on the West Coast one of the slower teams in college basketball, a team that's able to play very good man-to-man defense. So I take a look at him. I think that he's going to be a good fit for the team. And the reason why I've got Houston over Memphis is that I just need to see it to believe it when it comes to our man and Petty Hardaway. Because with Penny Hardaway, he's done not just a good job of being able to recruit, not just a great job, but an absolutely amazing job. You bring in Jalen Duran along with Imani Bates. Two guys that were figuring to be top five players when it came to the class of 2022. They reclassified to the class of 2021. You're able to pair them up with so many different weapons that you're going to have for this Memphis team. It seems like Earl Timberlake. News came out about 48 hours ago that he's about 90 to 95% right now. Looks like he's going to be set for the upcoming season. Former top one on recruit. Average nine and a half points. Five rebounds per game while he was at Miami last year. He's going to be a seamless fit. Landers Nolly is someone that's able to shoot in the high 30s from three-point range. Was a lot more efficient last year than he was two years ago towards back half of the year with Virginia Tech. With Virginia Tech, he was actually very good towards the front half of his career. Towards the back half of it, you could tell that he just was wearing down a little bit. He wasn't making good decisions with the ball. That was rectified. We've also got just so many of these other guys that they're able to chip in there. Like a DeAndre Williams. Williams is someone that wound up coming in from Evansville. He's able to shoot 40% from three at six foot nine. He's able to give you rebounds. He's able to be a little bit of a rim protector. But this guy does a little bit of everything. But when you take a look at Houston, that camaraderie that this team has been able to form, I think that it is absolutely magnificent. When we take a look at this American Conference in general, I think it's conceivable that you wind up seeing four teams be able to make the NCAA tournament. No doubt, Memphis and Houston, not only should these be teams that wind up making the NCAA tournament, not only are they the two short shots when it comes to being able to win the American regular season, I'm obviously looking at Houston at plus 350 as being very good value, but when you take a look at what you're able to get out of some of these ancillary teams as well, Central Florida, they wind up bringing back Darius Perry. He wound up beginning his career at Louisville. A guy that's able to give you 13 points per game does a good job of being able to space the floor. But when you take a look at some of the ancillary pieces with Central Florida as well, what I think is so critical is just being able to have the three-point shooting that you wind up having towards the front half of the year with this team. You've got someone in Darren Green that he wound up seeing his three-point shooting percentage dip a little bit from what it was two years ago. So I think that that's going to be very important for them with Central Florida. They've done a very good job of being able to bring in a couple transfers that I think are going to be able to help out this team. And what I think is going to be very critical for UCF is just being able to get these guys on the same page as well, because when it comes to UCF, their main guy that's going to be coming in, I think that he's going to be able to do a really good job for this team. That would be the UNLV transfer Mbake Jong. He's six foot 11, 220 pounds. A guy that was able to give UNLV right around eight and a half rebounds per game does a solid job of be able to give this team some blocks. Really, what has been missing from Central Florida these last two years is a replacement for Taco Fall. Now, is Mbake Jong a replacement for Taco Fall? No, but at the same time, can he be able to do some things, really create a little bit of havoc on the defensive end? Absolutely, yes. So, I think that Central Florida is going to be a little bit of a force. I think that Memphis, Houston, SMU should be able to make the NCAA tournament. And then you've got one of Wichita State. Central Florida, and Cincinnati who are going to be very critical. Yes, we are on to Cincinnati when we're talking about this team because when you take a look at the Bearcats, I absolutely love the hire of Wes Miller. You tell that the John Brandon era wasn't necessarily great. I did question the fact that you wound up having him let go at the time that he was, but you wind up looking into, in my opinion, one of the greatest defensive tactitioners that you've got in all of college basketball. UNC Greensboro is a team that they haven't necessarily been able to shoot great from three-point range. And when you take a look at what Cincinnati has, you're certainly not going to be having a team that is absolutely dominant on defense, but you bring in someone like an Abdul Ato, who is the all-time leader in games played with Mississippi State, a guy that's able to give you a bunch of rebounds, I think that it's going to be very solid for this team. So that's our look at the American Athletic Conference. We're going to keep these coming on the Greg Peterson Experience, but coming up next, that's take a little bit more of a look at NFL Week 5 right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network.
0: Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it.
1: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your
0: podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be my That's my, my game, <laughs> <laughs> You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the sports betting network.
2: The NHL season is almost here, and our hockey experts are ready for all the action. The v Hockey Betting Guide is now available with strategies and best bets for the season. ahead. Get in-depth analysis from our hockey experts, including Andy McNeil, with predictions for teams and players, win totals, daily betting tips, as well as season-long trends to watch. This guide is a must-have with key insights and data for both avid hockey bettors and those new to the sport. Give yourself an edge this season and get your digital copy now for only 9 dollars a month at vsin.com slash subscribe As We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience with myself, Greg Peterson. It felt good to be able to do a college basketball preview. We're now only 32 days away here in Las Vegas. It's going to become 31 days away in 14 minutes and 2 seconds, but who in the heck is counting? But it's going to be a great season, I'm telling you right now betting against Chicago state will have never felt so good because we were robbed of so many of those opportunities last year. So, and it's going to be a good time. And it's always a good time taking a look at the NFL as well. Week five, I think is going to present some very interesting betting opportunities. We're seeing a lot of relatively interesting spreads when it comes to a lot of these spreads being at exactly a 10, exactly a three, but what I think is going to be of intrigue as well it's just how teams wind up maneuvering this week as well because you've got a lot of teams i think are going to go a little bit more run heavy and when you take a look at DraftKings, they've got odds on who's going to be the top rusher every week who's going to be the top player when it comes to receiving yards passing yards what have you and i think that it's really fascinating that you got such a short shot on the board with regards to one of these because typically you're going to be finding pretty much everyone on the board be north of three to one whether it be rushing yards or saving yards This week, we've got a very definitive favorite when it comes to rushing yards, and that would be Derrick Henry at plus 125 because, as we know, the Tennessee Titans are going to be taking on the team of dysfunction, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who have as many wins as the team on this desk, which I think is something that is really intriguing. You take a look at Derrick Henry, and he has been able to pile up the yards, and with the Jacksonville Jaguars, well, it has not been going well for them so far this year, to say the least, as... You've got a Jacksonville Jaguars team that's catching four and a half points. And until I see this team really play well, I just cannot put my money on anything involving the Jacksonville Jaguars now. I just don't think you're necessarily getting the world's greatest value with Derrick Henry because we know that the Tennessee Titans are going to be looking to run the ball. We know that Derrick Henry is absolutely amazing. When it comes to top players at their respective positions in the NFL, I feel like there are three very distinct ones. Justin Tucker is by far the best kicker in the NFL and Aaron Donald is no doubt the best defensive tackle in the NFL. I feel like those are pretty inarguable. If you're trying to argue those, I don't know what to tell you. But I do feel like at the running back spot, Derek Henry is by far the most dominant player there. And we've seen it all year long. He's averaging four and a half yards a carry. He's just an absolute bruiser. He's rushed for at least 113 yards. In each of the last three weeks, they needed them to run the ball a lot because they were very shorthanded when it came to their receiving court last week. I think that that comes down a little bit more. And you just take a look at the Jacksonville Jaguars in general. This is a front seven that I would say is respectable. It's not necessarily terrific or anything like that. But at the same time, I do think that they could be able to provide at minimum a little bit of a speed bump here for King Henry. And then you just take a look at the secondary and well. I'm going to just call their secondary charcoal because I think that it's going to be getting burnt quite a bit. You just take a look at some of these guys. You've got Shaquille Griffin back there, and really nobody else of note. Tyson Campbell is going to be questionable for this game. Trey Hendren is going to be out as well. So you got a whole bunch of guys. that It's not necessarily going to be the world's greatest run for them, but take a look at some of these other guys that are out there on the board, and I think that you've got some very intriguing ones because when you take a look at... Ezekiel Elliott being number four, I just don't think that, that makes any sense because you've got a Dallas Cowboys team that I think that they're going to be able to do a solid job against the New York Giants, but at the same time, I can't take a look at Ezekiel Elliott because I don't even think that he's the best running back in his respective backfield. That'd be Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard has been absolutely terrific for the Cowboys, so I don't think that there's a lot of value there. Where I think there's a little bit more value, that would be with Dalvin Cook at 25-1 to because I take a look at Dalvin Cook. I think that there's a good argument to be made that he's the top three running back in this league. He's been able to do a great job in just all facets of the game because he does a very good job of being able to catch a ball. He does a good job of being able to run it. Now, he is a little bit questionable, obviously. You want to make sure that his ankle is all good before you wind up plugging and playing this one in, but at the same time, you take a look at Dalvin Cook. Whenever he's been fully healthy, this guy has been nothing short of absolutely incredible. He's got great speed. He's able to bust tackles. He's able to catch a ball out the backfield. He gets a ball in his hands just constantly, and for this Minnesota Vikings team, has been a little bit of a mixed bag for them. They've been playing much better recently, and they are playing against a Lions team that, let's face it, the Lions are not having a great year. They're certainly not a team that's going to be going to the Super Bowl or anything like that. Defense has been letting up quite a few points as well. This is a Lions team that has allowed at least 24 points in three out of their four games. Now, they've been a little bit better in recent weeks, but at the same time, you wind up seeing one of those games come against the Chicago Bears, and the only reason why they were able to hold down the Baltimore Ravens the way that they did is because Hollywood Brown dropped like three or four passes that would have been absolutely massive gainers, if not touchdowns. So, that one being a little bit of a skewed game, in my opinion. So, I do take a look at Dalvin Cook, if he is able to go. And you always want to be checking the injury report, because I do think that it's so critical to have that information at your disposal before you wind up firing in on anything. I think that there's going to be a little bit of value there. And just take a look at these week four, week five games in general. And I do think that you've got a little bit of value at a plus 10 with the Lions, because no doubt, I think that the Lions are a team that is going to wind up losing this game. but At the same time, I just take a look at this Lions team, and They've been one of the more grittier bunches that have been out there in the NFL. You can tell that this is a team that they've got a little bit of a comeback mantra in them. They're now coached by Dan Campbell, one of those don't quit, give a whole bunch of effort sort of guys. And we saw them in week one against the San Francisco 49ers. They were catching north of a touchdown. They were down by a big, giant margin. They were able to come back in the second half. They looked actually relatively solid in that first half against the Green Bay Packers. They wound up fading away. Late in that one, you saw them be able to provide a whole lot of resistance to the Baltimore Ravens. They wind up losing on that record-setting field goal by Mr. Justin Tucker. And then last week against the Chicago Bears, they were in the game throughout much of it. A little bit of a calamity at the end for them, but they have actually been able to provide you with a good effort week in and week out. I can certainly advocate for them a little bit more than, say, the Houston Texans, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And you just take a look at the NFL in general. These rookie quarterbacks, Are guys I right now want no part of. Now, Mac Jones was able to get a cover for the New England Patriots last week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And out of all the rookie quarterbacks, I would say that I have the most faith in him if I were to place my money anywhere. But you do take a look at that spread currently at eight as well. And it's a little bit of an issue. This is a Houston Texans team that they certainly are moving the ball well as well. But when it comes to Davis Mills, it certainly is not a good situation there. So, I guess, by process of elimination. When you've got two rookie quarterbacks going at it, unless if you wind up getting a push, someone has to get it covered. I would probably be looking at the Mac attack and company and the New England Patriots there. But you even take a look at some of these second-year guys, like a Taylor Heineke, who's been going for the Washington football team. It hasn't necessarily been going the world's best there. You've got a team in the Philadelphia Eagles that, with Jalen Hurts, I just don't think that he's necessarily the answer. He hasn't necessarily been... Played too terribly, but I just don't know if the fit is necessarily too great. I take a look at the coaching staff in general, and I think that you've got a couple guys that they don't necessarily know what they're doing there. And when it comes to the Carolina Panthers, you're finding them at minus three in a lot of spots. You're seeing a couple hooks getting thrown on there as well, but I do take a look at the Carolina Panthers, and I think that this is a team that we are all sleeping on very much so. And what I think is really big for this Panthers team is that. You're not going to be fighting them on any sort of the leading rushing odds sort of boards, but when you take a look at Sam Darnold, he has been able to do such a good job with his feet as well. It has been a little bit more necessary because we've got Christian McCaffrey out with an injury, but also keep in mind this is a Carolina Panthers team that they've had a lot of experience with Christian McCaffrey not being in the fold, which I think is so important because when you have that experience of just not having one of your star players out there, you need other guys around him to be able to step up, And thus far, Sam Darnold has been able to do so. You just take a look at the way that he's been able to compile things in general on the ground. And it's been really magnificent because we all remember when he was at USC, he was able to have some good performances. Case in point, that Rose Bowl game a couple years ago. But you take a look at what he's doing on the ground right now. He's got five rushing touchdowns through four games. He wound up having five rushing touchdowns in three years while he was at the New York Jets. It's just because the Jets... Didn't necessarily know what they had with them. With the Carolina Panthers and Matt Rule and company, I feel like they've been able to get a much better read on him, And that's where a lot of the value, in my opinion, can be found in the NFL. These guys, that they wind up trading. They wind up trading spots. They wind up going to a new location. They're able to do a good job there. And then when it comes to the NFL in general, got to be looking beyond these skill guys for a little bit of a lesser term because a lot of these star quarterbacks, you know what's typically in front of them, a good offensive line. And they typically have a coach that knows what in the world they are doing. Sometimes that can be a little bit questionable with Aaron Rodgers, but really past that, a lot of the teams, well, they are just that, teams. They're not necessarily one individual. So that's something that I wind up taking a look at a lot when it comes to my football handicapping. And it is so critical when it comes to college football as well coming up next it is going to be midnight here in all the continental 48 states so we're going to be taking a look at the saturday college football betting board here on decent esports betting network cnn underscores guide to sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever